Welcome to the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, where it is never too early for fantasy football. My name is Jeff. Alex. As always, thank you to our listeners for downloading, listening, liking, and commenting on our podcast videos. Please subscribe to us on the socials. Our handle for all platforms are at N2EFantasy. We are also available on all major podcasting platforms by searching N2EFantasy. Alex, what do we have on today's show? Today's show is our Week 7 recap. What do we got on today's recap? We got some injuries, don't we? So we, we've got uh, news, we've got injuries, we're going to break down performances and good and bad. And so let's just dive into the Thursday night game, the Jaguars at Saints. And Jeff, everyone can see your faces. Hey, I'm trying to entertain the masses here, but I was thoroughly entertained by this game. I did think the Saints were going to come back and win this game, which did not happen. The One of the reasons why we both thought the Saints were going to win this game was because Trevor Lawrence was questionable going into it. It was a short week. We thought that he was going to sit out. He did not sit out. He gutted this one out. He ran a lot in this game, which apparently his knee injury only, it hurts more to go side to side, not north and south and that was why he was able to get 50 plus yards rushing uh, which if we were betting i would have never bet him rushing the football at all let alone 50 yards in the night so interesting little thought on that one Derek carr he threw 55 passes on the night was he an expensive mistake no i don't think so okay do you I, think, I think there's some gel have... issues yeah and it looks like his receivers weren't running the correct routes. Olave gave up on a route that he would have been wide open if he just kept running straight. He just kind of like slowed down willy-nilly. And Carr tried to throw it to him, and he got he lit into him after that play. So there's some issues going on with that team offensively. And I don't think Carr is the only one who's struggled to gel and vibe. But certainly Alvin Kamara has uh, been phenomenal with him. Like, I, I'm i enjoying it. Like, it's just Carr is a check-down warrior, and he just keeps checking it down to Kamara, even when it doesn't make sense. But I will take all the catches. I'll take it all. So <laughs> that's interesting to me. But Me too. Speak- Go ahead. Like, speaking of Alave, though, he got arrested for speeding and then tried to tout his player status. Hey, you know I'm a, you know I'm a New Orleans Saints player, right? I play for the Saints. So? <laughs> um, I was going to have a segue there of saying that not only was he running the wrong routes, he ran into a traffic stop, but Olave arrested touting his status as a player. I think this is a lot to do about nothing, but there is something when you do try to tout your status and I don't really know what it is. And I don't know if it'll lead to a suspension, but at the very least it helps us start to question his decision-making skills and his maturity. So, just something to look out for. I was not high on Olave to begin the season. This is not a good strike. I don't think this will stop his season, but not a good strike to have. What is your take on this? What do you think will come out of Olave here? Well, the league cares about a bad reputation. Anything that can be spun to be negative for the league, they care about that. And he brought up his status as an NFL player playing for the Saints. So I could see a world where he gets fined or like a game suspension. I don't think he did anything crazy bad, but it's still not a good look. 
We care only about the shield. So the last little note that I have on this one is ETN also put on a show. Guy's running so well this year. I don't know where this came from because this is like such a next level from last year. He is showing things that I didn't know were in his arsenal and that I thought that Tank Bigsby would have taken over from him this season. But so far, so good. And he's on pace for that 1,600-yard season that Doug Peterson said that he wanted him to get this year. And you were like, well, we all want something. But sometimes when you want something, not everything's always obtainable. But it does seem like this record or this this uh, stat is obtainable for what he's looking for. Can he keep it up, though, Jeff? I don't know. I don't think we have a keep it up sponsor, but uh, if we did, this would be a great place to put it in. The blue pill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Uh. speaking of not being able to keep it up, the Buccaneers were not able to keep up their number one seed in the NFC South as they do fall to the Falcons at home off of the bye week. That is very disappointing. Baker doesn't look to be 100%. He didn't run the football. He didn't play with the same grit that he had been playing with the first five weeks of the season. A little alarming. Hopefully he gets a little more healthy and he gets back to how he was playing before because that's the only way they can win games. And they've already won too many games to try to like get one of the top quarterbacks, in my opinion. Some alarming things in this matchup was where did Bijan Robinson go? And then... My other question for you, and I'll let you go ahead after this and answer the Bijan question, but who takes over the Bucks backfield here? Doesn't seem like anyone wants it. So it appears that Bijan had an illness before the game that they didn't disclose. We don't know what that is. But Which as you pointed drastic. out to me offline, it also looked like Bijan had a sleeve over his leg. So he could have like cramp, could have had a groin, could have had something going on. I don't know. Clearly, uh, all is not right there. So look for Algier to potentially be the lead back next week until we know what's going on for the <laughs> Buccaneers. <sighs> to me, Rashad White is the receiving back for sure. I know that Chase Edmonds is slated to come back. I don't know how much he will eat into it, but I don't think he's the guy either. I think we could see a world where they bring back their old pal Lenny Fournette. So I think uh, Leonard could be back or they could trade for somebody. I don't know. These are two games that... Jeff, you had the, the home team in both of these games, and I also had the Saints. But I think I, I think I had the Falcons in this one. I'm not sure. We'll have to go back and look at it. But home teams lose again. I don't know what's going on in the league where it's all the, the visitors that end up winning, but we're just going to have to pick visitors from now on. Vegas just wants the visitors to win this year and so they can cash in on as many chips as possible. Yeah. And uh, yet another game where we don't see that much from Drake London, Kyle Pitts, or Janu, so... Yeah, Ritter looked bad, too, with a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Um, Man, I just don't know what to do with this team. I think they should trade for another quarterback, but I don't think that they'll do it. Yeah, and the longer that goes, the harder it will be to establish that quarterback and get them fully going this season. But uh, I just don't know what they do because they're kind of stuck in no man's land. I think the Bucks are stuck in no man's land as well. Not good situations to be in, but with the Bucks, they do have two stud wide receivers and Evans and Godwin and they are must starts going forward so there is some definite there which we did have questions going into the year with Baker and Evans like we didn't know how that would gel but I think Evans is well on his way to another 1,000 yard receiving season and that's pretty big and he's the one getting the touchdowns too Godwin hasn't gotten any touchdowns yet as far as I know so he's got to be pretty close to a hall of famer right Mike Evans like just with 1,000 yard rushing or receiving seasons yeah. 
I would think so. so. I didn't think he was going to be able to keep it up to keep up our theme of keeping it up this season with Baker. Like I just didn't see this coming. And the fact that he is shows that he's a much better wide receiver than we thought. Cause he's done it with Winston. Brady was easy went, and then he's, he's uh, done it with some scrubs after that, like with um, Baker now too. So he's done it with, with three quarterbacks essentially. Was there a quarterback between Jameis and Brady that he did it with also, or did they jump right from Jameis to Brady? No, I think that was it. Oh, uh, Fitzpatrick yeah. maybe. Quite possibly. That was maybe before Jameis. Famous Jameis. All oh. right. Speaking of Fitzpatrick, we have his favorite team on deck with the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if you saw last postseason, but Fitzpatrick was was at playoff games shirtless in the in the Bills stadium. So uh, he's a big Bills Mafia fan. But who is not a big Bills Mafia fan is the New England Patriots, who actually won this game. Big, big, big game for Bill Belichick, who we found out signed a massive extension in the offseason that went unreported to the media. Were there any takeaways from this game? Because I know you're a big Mac Jones fan and he hung 29 on the Bills. Was there any takeaways from this game that you think that are actionable for our listeners? So one, I think it's funny that you jokingly, last last episode, you jokingly picked the Patriots and then you're like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just picking the Bills. You should have stuck with it. You cut that out, right? right? You said you were going to. <laughs> I really thought about it, but no. You would have made me sound uh, we, like a genius. One of us, neither one of us picked New England for real. Although I've always hedged my best saying New England is capable of surprising people because they do have a good defensive mind there. As far as the offense, or as far as this matchup, though, I, I think that they did better with the offense, obviously. Yeah, I don't think Mac Jones is necessarily proven himself. I think he has to string together multiple good games for us to go back to him fully. They still can't get a ground game going which is concerning. I don't think that Bill O'Brien is a good offensive mind. I've not liked him for some time since he's been with the Texans. So <clears throat> I don't like that. And I, I don't like that Buffalo keeps abandoning the run game too early, in my opinion. But man, finally, Buffalo had someone not named Stephon Diggs to be the lead receiver there. So Dalton Kincaid emerged as the top tight end with Knox going down with an injury. So that's interesting to me, but excuse me. I don't think New England is still that great on paper. I just think this was a division upset, in my opinion. And you know, as far as Bill Belichick's extension, they said a lucrative extension. They didn't say massive. They didn't mention time frame. And the thought is he was only extended through 2024. It's, he's not locked in for a long time, and they could still pull the trigger and fire him after the season. But he's locked in for a good time. He's always up for a good time. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, Kincaid with with Knox out, feel like he's a must start now, which is kind of awesome because we were waiting to see what Kincaid could do in this offense. Um, so now we actually get to see what Kincaid can potentially do in this offense. What are your feelings on Dem- Demario Douglas? Like he looked really good in this game, and he looked really good in a game earlier this year. I just think he's worth a uh, back end roster addition if you have a spot right now. None of these receivers on the Patriots are on my radar. I don't think I don't think any of them are good enough. I think they have to trade for somebody because they're all they're all trash in my opinion. Yeah, and you did give me a good idea earlier that I should start recording videos picking both teams, and we should only post the video of the team that won. <laughs> uh, hmm. So speaking of not right though. And I'm like the king of transitions today, and I don't know what's going on with that. But the Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is not okay and not right. And he only threw five passes in the week, but they knew immediately that he just didn't have it. But what was 
interesting in this game is Gardner Minshew put up 38 points on this record-setting Browns defense and lost the game to the backup quarterback, P.J. Walker. So what are your thoughts about the quarterback play in this matchup? And then we can kind of hop to some of the, the other injuries from this matchup. One, I just want to point out, we both we both got this one correct. We both picked Cleveland. Because Cleveland rocks. And uh, I think we both thought it would be close. I'm sorry your boy didn't get a win, but Gardner Minshew looked really good. And so did Josh Downs. I'm trying to remember and look at who got most time of possession. I'm willing to bet Cleveland had more time. So while you're looking that up, we should mention that Jerome Ford is now out too for two weeks, which does not seem like the Browns are having the best lack at running back to uh, keep that time of possession. Also, I don't think without Watson that you can start any of the Browns pass catchers. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt is going to end up being the, the guy next week because Ford being hurt, I don't think there's anyone else on that team. So that's going to be very interesting. He's not they're super gonna efficient. Put, they're going to put Watson probably on IR. I don't think P.J. Walker is a guy that they want starting. So I would imagine they will look into veteran quarterback options because they are still in the playoff hunt. So that's something I want to see. Whereas I'm so surprised that Indianapolis... Was... Go ahead. Yeah. So I do have the time of possession here. It's 32 minutes for the Colts and 27 minutes for the uh, Browns. And I don't know how the Colts lost. Colts are the ones. They shouldn't have. But Minshew can't play defense. Putting up 38 should have been enough to win that game. I just want to point out, Elijah Moore was the leading receiver in that game. Just FYI. Yeah, and it still wasn't that impressive, though. That's the, pro that's the problem going forward right now. The leading receiver for the Browns, because yeah. Downs and Pittman had decent games. I'm Pittman mad did that not. Pittman, Pittman didn't have more involvement. <laughs> Pittman, compl Pittman complained, because I think he only had three or four catches on the day, if I'm not mistaken. It was two. His production was good at 83 yards and a touchdown, but I don't think he's happy with his five target share. I don't, I, how could he be in a 38 point game happy with five targets? Yeah. Minshew only threw 23 times. He ran the ball like Anthony Richardson. What can I say? Not quite, but in the red zone, he actually looked pretty all right. But Minshew did have three fumbles lost and an interception. So those are key factors into why the Colts ended up losing the game. That's kind of crazy. So ball security is an issue with Minshew. Yeah, to lose three in one game is kind of crazy. Isaiah McKenzie tried to give one up too as well, which I don't really like Isaiah McKenzie over, overall as a fantasy player. But that's what happens when you go against a world-class defense. They're going to go after the ball each and every time. So I don't expect Minshew to ever play a defense as good as this the rest of the season. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward and seeing what tape that he puts out there because I do believe he's a free agent after this year. And I'll always say it every year, he deserves at least a shot to start. And he didn't really get that this year, but he actually backed his way into a starting gig. So there is that. Who do you like going forward, Josh Jones or Michael Pittman, if you had to pick one? I can't say both. Who do you have ranked higher, then? We'll go that way. I think still Pittman, but there could be a point very soon where I flip-flop that and have Josh Downs. Gotcha. So <laughs> we have, the next matchup that we have is so lopsided, and this is a little bit heartbreakingly lopsided for you because you are sideways rooting for the Lions to make it to the Super Bowl. But they got smashed by the Ravens this week. Like, it was not even a competitive matchup. It was over probably in the first quarter. But Lamar probably played one of the better halves and maybe even one of the better games that I've seen by a quarterback this entire year. 
would you concur on that? And then also, uh, what do you what are you thinking about his progression this year now that he's been paid? I think Lamar has been hyper efficient this year, and this game was one of his best passing games in a long time. I don't think he's perfect yet, but I think he's vastly improved as a as a passer, and this game showed that. And the Lions aren't a bad defense at all, so he he tore them apart. So that was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, what really surprised me is Gus Edwards was basically the second player of the game for them, and. <laughs> That that blows my mind. Uh, one eighty-yard reception, sixty-four rushing yards on fourteen rushes, and a touchdown. Like, okay, I mean, maybe he's finally the guy. I doubt it, but this was a good game for him. Flowers and I've Andrews did well. I thought Odell Beckham played pretty well as well. He was the most targeted receiver for yep. uh, for Baltimore. So, I think that improving the receiving options and giving him a better offensive coordinator has really helped Lamar Jackson a lot, but I think that they'll eventually find another running back. But if Gus Edwards puts up games like this, I think they might just stick with him. <clears throat> you called this one correct. Cause I think you picked the Ravens in this one. And I went Detroit. It's disappointing to see Detroit go down like this, <laughs> but Jerry Goff does play better at home. And this was an away game. They didn't have a thumper for a running back <clears throat> in this one. Monty's struggling to stay healthy. Yeah, I, I think they need to acquire a third running back because Craig Reynolds isn't it either. So, But Amon Ross St. Brown had a good game on 19 targets, got 13 of them for 102 yards. Nice. Jameer Gibbs finally got involved as a rusher and as a receiver. Sam Laporta had a Sam Laporta game, so he looked good too, but there wasn't much else to like about this offense. And so I, I think that they, they might have to trade for another receiver. They might have to bring in another running back. I don't know, but the this exposed some weaknesses in how the Lions are currently constructed and the injuries that they've had. But I expect these two teams to be top tier playoff contenders. And both of these teams are potential Super Bowl candidates as well. So this good for the Ravens. So I think the Lions will learn to adjust. Agreed. We should notate that Marvin Jones is stepping away from the game of football, being released by the Lions to attend to some family matters. And this may put a bow on his career. But really quickly, back to Lamar. It's really impressive after getting paid that he's going back and like refining his game and still trying to get better versus doubling down on what he did to get paid and and not improve still. So I think that's a, I think that's important because a lot of people don't like to improve after they they get the bag, basically. Complete opposite of a Deshaun Watson kind of situation. Good for Lamar for still improving and still playing at a high level. Do you still consider him a running back or a quarterback now? Well, I mean, he threw for 10 times as many yards as he ran in this one. So I think he looked good as a quarterback. I don't think he's perfect. I think he's very fortunate he has the receiving group that he has in some certain situations, but I think he is light years better than what he was, and he was already a solid quarterback to begin with. So, Yeah, and I think his receiving core could get even better this offseason because I think that they could improve on Bateman. I just, I really just don't like him um, as a fantasy option. I just don't. I agree. Beckham, I think, is on the back nine. If they if they could man if they managed to have gotten DeAndre Hopkins in this offseason, I feel like that would have been a better addition with Flowers. I felt like that would be real ridiculous right now. <laughs> yeah. They still can get Hopkins. Tennessee is selling, buddy. They're selling. We even know the sellers only sell what maximum like two, three players. It's so hard to get people the caps to work and get the right people for the right fit and the right schemes right now. So we go to the battle of the backups now. We have the Raiders at the Bears. The Bears trounced the Raiders here with the rookie quarterback. That was pretty notable, but what was notable to me was Foreman's performance here. Also, Roshan Johnson is coming back from his injury supposedly this week, and 
so we could have a two-headed monster until Herbert comes back with those two. And then Jacobs hasn't been well, Brand, uh, hasn't been Brandon Jacobs, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. He hasn't been Josh Jacobs. He's played more like Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was interesting that uh, the Raiders got trounced by Tyson Badgett, who was not that great of a quarterback and had the lowest yards per attempt or yards per completion, air yards, whatever, of any quarterback this year. So that wasn't great, but I think Padgett can improve and hopefully be better going forward. But What's yes, that say about Fields to you? That says to me that Padgett can make faster reads, but is still not as talented as Fields. So if maybe you put his brain in Fields' body, they'd be a, a much better quarterback. I don't. Can they do that? Is that something that's even physically possible at this point? I think the scientists are working on it. All right, we won't spend too much time on that because I don't I don't feel like there was a ton of fantasy relevance in that just because there was two backups starting. That game probably got the least amount of play, but the game that should have gotten the least amount of play was Washington at the Giants. And what a low-scoring affair as Howell comes back down to earth. My question about this is will the real Sam Howell please stand up? We've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and we've seen the ugly. Do you think Sam Howell has a future in this league, or do you think that he is a backup at best? It's hard to know for sure. I think he needs to continue to develop, and we all want immediate success and immediate stats and stuff. I I think that he is a solid quarterback, but he may end up only being a journeyman. There's room for that in this league. I think um, we had talked about Minshew earlier, even if he turns into a journeyman that never is a starter, I think he's if he's a career backup, he's going to get a ton of looks years down the road, and he could be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick who spot starts and and um, starts when needed for uh, teams for the next decade or more. Or a Tyrod Taylor type. For sure. So looking at this, so Barkley got 21 carries, which is interesting that they've... I feel like they've overloaded him coming back from his injury. Like, there was no easing Barkley back into the game, and I know he had concerns about cutting and stuff like that. So it's a little interesting that they did this to Barkley. Looked good. Waller looked good in this matchup. Do you think Antonio Gibson's pretty much droppable at this point? I don't know if he's droppable, but I think you have to keep him on your bench unless you are forced to play him. But you look, four catches, 25 yards. Like, he's going to have games where he gets the catches and he gets more yards and maybe gets a touchdown. So it's hard to... It's hard to completely cut him because as soon as you cut him, you know he's he's going to have a big week. But what I will say on the Giants side is what I've been saying for seven weeks, get Jalen Hyatt involved and your offense will do much better. They won the game. They won a game, finally. And Jalen Hyatt had five targets, two catches, 75 yards. They keep involving Hyatt. It's going to make everything better for everybody else. It's going to open up space for Barkley. It's going to open up space for Darren Waller. They finally are using him, and I hope that they continue to use Hyatt because he is the most dynamic, down-the-field, stretch kind of wide receiver that they have. Hopefully this is a sign of improvement and more to come from the Giants, and they won't be so lackluster. So that will be interesting moving forward. Anything else on this game before we hop to the next? Yeah, John Dotson finally got some catches. (laughs) he's one of my boys he's one of a lot of people's boys and he's been disappointing so far all right moving forward we have the cardinals at the seahawks do you think the cinderella story is over for joshua dobbs and then how do you feel gino has looked this season 
I don't think the Cinderella story is over for Dobbs until Murray officially starts. But I don't think Dobbs is is that great of a quarterback. I think he's a game manager, journeyman type. So I don't think he's long to be a starter. For the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks offense looks okay. But there's something wrong there. So I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Geno, and he's came he came back down to earth this year. He hasn't been quite the fantasy asset that he was last year. Also, I didn't really like what the Cardinals did to us this week with the backfield. They went from Ingram to DeMarcado, which was really interesting because everyone spent all their waiver and fab on DeMarcado the week before, and we realized that it didn't work out. And now they went back to him a week later. Um, who are you trusting in that backfield going forward until Connor is ready? I mean, I feel like I've been pretty consistent. I've always been on Amari DiMarcado's side, so I haven't really liked Keontae Ingram. Damian Williams had one week of semi-relevance, and now he's relegated again. So I'm, I think Amari is the best one outside of Connor. All right. So the last thing that I noticed is JSN appears to be a thing now. Yeah, he benefited from DK Metcalf being benched in this one. And I, I think that it was just a matter of time. He's a first-round talent. He's actually a good receiver. He had injuries earlier on in the season. He had rookie woes once he came back from injury. But he's going to be more focused on in this game. I think that they've got a lot of weapons. But to your point earlier, I don't think Gino has put everything together that we had hoped or that I hoped. He did have two turnovers, and that derails your team. But I, I think the Cardinals' defense has been better than what people expected as well. So I expect... Arizona to be competitive, but probably lose most of their games, even when Murray's back and I expect Seattle to improve. Yeah, for sure. I will just end this with go pick up Trey McBride. You know I've been a big fan of him. You know I have him in a few leagues in Dynasty already. But do not wait. Ertz is on IR. Four games of McBride. Tight end is a wasteland. Just go scoop him. Yeah, I agree with those. So McBride, and then also for whatever reason, if Kincaid is still there, you better grab him. So <laughs> look for those two guys. Okay, oh, let's do the Steelers and the Rams. I think I picked the Steelers in this one, and Steelers won. It was a relatively close game. It wasn't perfect either way. But Kenny Pickett somehow outplayed Matt Stafford, and Cooper Cup had a dud, whereas George Pickens and Deontay Johnson both had solid games. Jeff, Najee Harris outscored Jalen Warren for the first game this season. What do you think about that? And what do you think about this game in general? Dude, so here's the thing with Harris and Warren is I had to start them both in a dynasty league. And I had no choice because of injuries and bye weeks and everything like that. And they both scored a touchdown, which <laughs> really helped me win the week. It's also a league where I have Jordan Addison. So I definitely ate this week with touchdowns. Um, I think that they're a great one-two punch. I think Harris is better when he gets more volume and there's teams around the league that he could go to where he would get more volume. He's a guy that I would love to see traded and moved on from uh, a team that rings true in my head because they have like 25 of the same running back is the Rams. Like he would be a different, different running back than the, than Williams or Rivers or Henderson or, you know, all of the same running back that they have. Um, few people that I follow that watch film, a lot of film, say that they couldn't tell the difference between Zach Evans and, and, and Kyron Williams. So that is saying something as well. Um, like, obviously, you could tell a difference, but like, there's no major difference between them. Um, so it does seem like the Rams have a type. 
um, and they will stick to that type. But I could see Harris, if he could get 20, 18 to 20 carries in the Rams offense with Puka and Cup and Stafford slinging it, I could see them actually being a playoff contender. I don't know. I think Najee Harris would be more of a fit for like a Miami Dolphins that only have fast players and they don't have the sledgehammers to really grind out the games. Yeah, absolutely. So also in this game, Deontay is back. And I know he, you don't like him as much as I do, but he looked really good in this game. Him and Pickens both eight in this game, which is great. Would love to see some positive regression and touchdowns for Deontay here at some point. And I do expect that to happen. Puka outperformed Cup in this one. I need to see them perform together. And then Henderson led the backfield in this one. But do you think Puka and Cup uh, can can produce in the same game together? Is that like something that you could see them doing consistently going forward? Yes. Yes. And I think they normally would. I just think this was an off game. Stafford only had 14 completions. But let's just point out, Daryl Henderson was the lead back for the Rams, which is something I knew was going to happen as soon as they signed him off the street. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to be right about that. I want Zach Evans to be the guy. For whatever reason, they just refuse. They just refuse to make Zach Evans happen. Yeah, uh, it makes you wonder why they even picked him if they're not going to use him. Why waste a roster spot on him? And it, it does feel like a waste of a roster spot at this exact juncture. But I don't think there's much else to say here. It was a little surprising that the Steelers won the game, but uh, anything else to kind of clear this up and uh, move on to the Broncos and the Packers? Nope, I think we can move on to the the Broncos um, and the Packers. So, Jeff, which quarterback situation is worse? Love. Is it Russell Wilson or Love? You think it's Love? Yeah, Russ is definitely... So, I think I think Peyton's going to move on from Russ this offseason, and I, I mean... I think that's inevitable at this point. I think the Packers should move on from love this off season, but I do think they have a problem with uh, loyalty where they're too loyal to the wrong thing because they're small town green Bay. Um, but I think it's time to write off Jordan love. Um, he's not good on the scripted plays and that's a problem. Um, you need to come out and put your best work out forward. Russ always puts his best work out forward. He was hyper-efficient in this matchup. He did use Cortland Sutton, I did notice, as well. Uh, my question for you is, is there work for both running backs of Javante and McLaughlin? Yes, I, I think so, because Jaleel is more of a big play running back, in my opinion, and Javante is more of the um, dirty work kind of running back, who is somewhat versatile, but not as explosive. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then my last thought on this was why I'm kind of done with Jordan Love is no Packer had over 34 receiving yards, and they're not even using Aaron Jones correctly. Jeez, this offense is kind of a wasteland, and I didn't see this coming this year, which is a little depressing, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I just think it's limitations with the quarterback. He's not able to throw down the field. He's throwing too, too many short passes. He's not seeing the right plays, like the right receivers that he should be making on his reads like there's just so many things going wrong um i will say this has been the best game for aj dylan i think this season so maybe aj dylan's finally improving so that's one bright spot there yeah um too bad he's in a contract year and i don't think they bring him back i don't think he's worth bringing back at this point i think that that's more likely that they have new running backs going into next year yeah i agree man i'm gonna let you handle this transition here Let's now go over to the Chargers and the Chiefs, which should be the game of the week. And was it, Jeff, was it, in fact, the game of the week? 
I think it was. It was very high scoring, very potent early. Um, Herbert loses another one, um, but it was. I think the real story of this game was they couldn't stop Kelsey. And was that because that Kelsey had a special friend visiting him? Because every time he has a special friend visiting him, that he score, he goes off in yards and touchdowns. Um, it it there there's something going on with Eckler, whether it's an injury related or offensive scheme related. Um, but the Chargers are just not doing very well on the defensive side of the ball right now, which is sad because their head coach, their specialty is supposed to be the defensive side of the ball. They also spend a lot on the defensive side of the ball. So that is very alarming to me right now. And it tells me that there probably needs to be a head coaching change at some point, because if you lose your side of the ball, then there is no, um, there isn't really a place to um, go from there. Yeah, uh, it's very concerning that he's a defensive-minded head coach. They spent so much money on the defense, and the defense hasn't lived up to what it should have been. I also think it's concerning that the Chargers, who should have been very competitive in this game, at no point in the game were the Chargers ever favored to win. The Chiefs maintained the odds the entire game, which is pretty incredible because everyone thought this was going to be competitive. Um so that's kind of disheartening for the state of the Chargers right now. I also think it's interesting that any game that Austin Eckler gets injured in, Josh Kelly has an actual good game. So I don't know what's up with that, but just an interesting factoid there. Keenan Allen seemed to have been shut down in this matchup, but Josh Palmer had a good game. Quentin Johnston is still a non-factor in my opinion. Um, it looks like Rasheed Rice is taking over potentially as the wide receiver one, but Travis Kelsey is still king. And no, <laughs> it's not because Taylor Swift was in attendance. Right, but she has a good rapport with Brittany Mahomes now. Don't get me started on those two. I cannot stand Brittany Mahomes, and I'm sure she was thrilled that Taylor Swift was going to be attending Chiefs games so that she could clout Chase. I I can't stand her. Ah, uh, I think Jackson was right behind them too. I didn't know Jackson was allowed at Chiefs games. Yes, if he's not noticed, sometimes you are noticeable when you have a celebrity right in front of you. But I do see Johnston's. So you, I know you're down on Quentin Johnston, but I do see his target share, or his not his target share, but his snap share growing each week. He's roughly fifty percent of snaps right now. Eventually, his target share is going to grow. Right now, he's about two a week. So eventually, that is going to grow. Uh, whether or not he converts them and catches them, that you you will debate me until you're blue in the face that he's unable to do that. But the more that he's on the field, lends more opportunity for him to actually get targets at some point. Uh, so he's somebody that I might grab if he's been dropped and throw on the back of my bench, see if his role grows into anything. They're really struggling without Mike Williams. Um, this offense works amazingly with Eckler, uh, Allen and Williams. Uh, Palmer is a great ancillary third part, and he actually took over as the main part in this matchup. But uh, it, that's kind of how the Charger offense works the best right now. But Johnston, first round rookie, needs to have his role grow more and more, just like Rasheed Rice's role is growing yeah i don't think it's going to work out the same way i think rasheed rice is better at actually being a wide receiver all right that is his job and he's paid for it yeah handsome let's wrap it up we got two more matchups for you guys so we can move on to the dolphins at the kelly green eagles and jeff what were your takeaways with the dolphins and the eagles (sighs) so the Dolphins are a little concerning going forward. They played the Bills, they got punched in the mouth, and they lost. They played the Eagles, they got punched in the mouth, and they lost. They're not a team that can keep up with another with another high-powered offense. 
uh, which is a little bit concerning. They can punch teams in the mouth that are not high scoring. So they are a little bit like Mike Tyson, where if you had to spar with them, Mike Tyson was not that good. But if you if you hit a knockout blow and knocked him out, you were great. So uh, they're kind of like the Mike Tyson of the NFL at this point. I don't know. I just think the Eagles are a really good team all around. Uh, I know Jalen Hurts has had some struggles, but uh, I just think that it's hard for Miami to fully compete without the same caliber defense, without the same caliber offensive line. Um, Tua's not great right now, so I just think they'll figure it out. They'll be more competitive, but this is one of the top playoff teams that they faced and one of the top Super Bowl contenders, and they don't quite measure up. I think that They'll have a rematch against the Bills, and I think they'll probably beat the Bills in that one, but we'll see. So it wasn't a great rushing night, and you always want to be able to control the clock. Um, they weren't able to do that very well. Yeah, um, but man, Tyreek's on pace for his 2,000-yard season through seven games. Um, he should have been in contention with CMC for the 1.01. Um, what was concerning here for the Eagles, and I'll let you chime in about Tyreek and the wide receivers here, but Devonta Smith was, again, the odd man out as Hurts guts this one out, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. It does seem that he is he is uh, injured with something. He did play with a brace in the second half, but Brown and Goddard eat in this one, and Smith, again, kind of takes a back seat. Um what do you what are you thinking what are you thinking about the wide receivers in this matchup? I, I think that AJ Brown outplayed Tyreek Hill, but they're both phenomenal wide receivers. Agreed. And, um yeah. but so if we if we look at this one a little bit closer, like obviously uh Hill and Brown, if you had them both, you like doing really well in fantasy right now. But Brown is kind of balling right now. Um Interestingly enough, um, I, I didn't know if he had it in him to stay healthy for an entire season, and he's done it, and he's looking great. Uh, but what didn't look great in this one is the running backs. Swift saved his day with a few receptions, but none of the running backs wanted to look good in this matchup, and I don't know what that means going forward or what that looks like going forward, but I am not very happy with the running backs in this matchup. Yeah, no one was great. Um, Swift obviously was the best option between the two uh, teams, but... I think Miami does that where every once in a while they just don't run. And that's not a way to win football. Oh, right. So I don't think there's much else to say about this one. The Eagles dominated this one at home. I did think the Dolphins were going to win this because I thought they could outscore the Eagles. That was not the case. I was wrong. Again, I didn't. I had a very bad week with picks because games did not go how I imagined that they would go. Um but moving on to the Monday night football matchup, 49ers at the Vikings. The Vikings, I don't believe they're selling at this point. Like, they've won three out of four games. They have a very winnable matchup going forward. They have a shot for the seventh seed in the NFC at this exact point. Christian McCaffrey keeps a streak alive as Jordan Addison has a coming out party. And what is this with Kirk Cousins getting a win in primetime? The fact that he won in primetime and the Vikings won three out of four do you see the Vikings as sellers, and were there any other takeaways from this matchup that you saw? I, I don't I don't foresee the Vikings being sellers. Um, I think that they've got to make some reinforcements, so they might be buyers, but they look like with the next few weeks having a favorable schedule that they might bounce back. So I can see them having a winning record and squeaking into the playoffs, especially in a weekend of C. 
But I also don't think this is the end of the world for the 49ers. I think this slump will end. And I think the 49ers will go back to winning as well. I just think that the Vikings played with some desperation. And I'm glad that Kirk Cousins finally got a Monday night victory, a prime time victory. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And it's just really interesting to see what is happening right now. And it'll be interesting to see if the 49ers can bounce back from these back-to-back losses. Um, there was a statistic last year that the teams that played the 49ers would lose the next week because they took quite a beating. Browns did not succumb to that this week, but they didn't look as good defensively. So interestingly enough. All right. All right. So was there anything else that you wanted to cover before we end it? No, I think we can go home. All right. Well, that does it for another episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for downloading or listening to this episode. And please do not forget to like and subscribe. Please leave us a comment and share the show. Every little bit helps. You can find us uh, on all podcasting apps by searching at N2E Fantasy and with our handle at N2E Fantasy on all social media platforms. Please give us a follow. And until next time, take care of yourselves. And remember, it's truly never too early for fantasy football. Thank you again. Bye, everybody.